this is Jack Scallions. Would you join me for just a few moments from my heart to yours? I want to talk to you for a few moments today on the subject, don't just do something, sit there. Martha and Mary and Lazarus were close friends to Jesus. Their home in Bethany was a place where he would come to visit and to rest. It was in this home where Mary broke the alabaster box and anointed Jesus with the ointment. This was the site of the miracle of the resurrection of Lazarus, their brother, from the dead. Luke records in Luke chapter 10 that Jesus was traveling through Jerusalem and stopped by their home. The stage is set and the scene opens with Martha rushing about to prepare the meal. Jesus begins to talk. One can only imagine the subject, but can be sure not a word was wasted, idle, or pointless. The younger sister, Mary, apparently took a seat at Jesus' feet and stared in rapt attention into his face, hanging on every word. She was not conscious of anyone or anything else in the room but Jesus. I'm certain that Martha loved Jesus, and she believed his word and wanted to serve him. Yet Jesus mildly rebuked her and stated that Mary had chosen the better part. What happened in that little house in Bethany? is repeated in all of our lives as believers. We organize, we work, we have our agendas, all for our Savior. That in itself is not bad. In fact, it is commanded and commended in Scripture. Yet activities should never take the place of worship. Martha was distracted in serving him so that she forgot him and only remembered the service. Her fault was not that she served. Her fault was she forgot whom she was serving. In our degenerative time, God is crowded from our minds by the multitude of insignificant trivia. It's much easier to serve than to worship, to plan, than to pray, to have motion even in the ministry, than to be still and know that He is God. We were created to worship. Worship then should be the normal activity of all humanity and the driving motivation of all evangelism. It is not something to be added, conjured up, worked up, or secondary, but core to the very nature of God's creation of which man is the apex. I read where there was a time when there was no earth, no angels, no stars, no universe. Just there was nothing, no one but God, not from a day, a year, or age, but from everlasting. He was alone, self-contained, self-satisfying, and immutable. His essential glory could never be added to or diminished by anything. If God had pleased, he might have continued alone for all eternity. Nothing or no one else has ever added to God. The writers of Scripture verbalize this, particularly I think of Isaiah chapter 40. The Bible says, Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket and are counted as the small dust of the balance. Behold, he taketh up the isles as a very little thing. And Lebanon is not sufficient to burn, nor the beast thereof sufficient for a burnt offering. All nations before him are as nothing, and they are counted to him less than nothing in vanity. To whom then will you liken God, or what likeness will you compare unto him? Paul joined this chorus in his writing in First Timothy chapter 6. Paul stated, which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen, nor can see, 
to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. He should be worshipped as solitary in his majesty, unique in his excellence, peerless in his perfection, and the one who sustains all but is independent of all, giving to all, enriched by none. He cannot be found except by revelation. He is omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. Nothing can be concealed from him. The trees of the garden did not conceal Adam. No human eye saw Cain murder his brother. Sarah could laugh, but Jehovah heard it. Achan hid his wedge of gold, but God found it. God sent Nathan the prophet to say to David, Thou art the man. The God of today's modern church rarely astonishes anyone. Emphasis is often on the music, repetitive choruses, and choreography, and the ambiance of the lighting. Our performance-oriented services major on people and prepared programs and psychological feel-good success counseling. As believers, we are to be in awe of Him. He knows the way I take, Job states. He knows my heart and my thoughts. And Simon Peter said, Lord, Thou knowest all things. He hears my prayers before I speak them. We should be constantly amazed in His presence. Labor that does not spring from worship is futile, can only be wood and hay and stubble in the day that shall try every man's work. He must occupy our minds. Our meditation should be on His perfection, the greatness of His works, the wonder of His power, the fullness of His mercy and the holiness of His nature. Years ago, thinking along this line, I penned this little poem. We see him in each babbling brook and lakes and streams and private nook. His name is written in morning light and lush green valley on mountain white. I know his presence from flowered field, midst jagged rock and rolling hill. His power I see an ocean swell, singing birds his story tell. The morning sun with fiery glow, the silence of new falling snow. All shout in anthem-worthy praise and whisper Jesus through endless days. Worship is a reserved matter. The Bible says thou shalt have no other gods before me. It's a humbling matter. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. It's a spiritual matter. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And above all, worship is a truthful matter that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Our God is infinite in that he is unrestricted and eternally timeless. He is limited only in the sense that he cannot do anything inconsistent with his own nature. This assurance enables us to be patient in trouble, thankful in prosperity, and joyful in death. God is all that we need. As Moses, we should desire to see him. With Elijah, listen for that still small voice, and with Paul, know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Like Mary of Bethany, choose the best part. Don't just do something. Sit there. Oh, I want to thank you for listening today for just a few moments from my heart to yours. 